Hi, and welcome to a Dad's Path podcast. We're real dads solving everyday problems. Each week we tackle issues that dads everywhere face and deliver actions you can take right away. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Our goal is to help you make fatherhood count. dad Hello, and welcome to another episode of a Dad's Path podcast. I'm Will Bronstein. Today I'm with Rob Gorski from the Autism Dad podcast. Rob is a single dad to three amazing autistic boys, as well as the founder and CEO of the Autism Dad LLC. He is a multiple award-winning blogger, podcaster, content creator, digital marketer, social media influencer, and a respected public figure. For well over a decade in this space, you can find him at theautismdad.com. Welcome, Rob. Hi, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, I'm really uh, excited about this. You know, to start with, I, I just want to, you know, be clear, this particular podcast is not for parents with autistic kids, you know, or, or kids with disabilities. I think there's a lot of value that we can, I think, learn from what you've learned, Rob, for everyone. And I also, you know, in my opinion, it seems like a lot of this mental health, quote unquote, stuff is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, autism, you hear about the spectrum, you're somewhere on that spectrum. I think mental health can be similar and we all have our ups and downs and good days and bad days or else we'd be dead. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just life. So <laughs> you know, again, even if we're not diagnosed with something, I think it can be good to just talk through some of this stuff and uh, and what we're feeling. So, And dads are dads, you know? Dads are dads. Yep. I like that. I like that. So to start, Rob, can we talk about kind of your own mental health and, and what, what your health regime is, we'll call it? Oh, it is a work in progress. I, I'm someone who, I guess, is prone to depression, kind of been battling it since I was, I don't know, my early teens. And I, I refer to it as a as a war with depression because there's battles that I win, there's battles that I lose. And when I frame it as a as an ongoing war, then I, I know that just because I lost something today doesn't mean I'm going to lose tomorrow. I got another battle to fight. And it kind of, I don't know, it's just a way that it works better for myself. But, you know, the last couple of months have been really difficult for me. Uh, emotionally, I had some changes in my personal life and I went through a divorce a couple of years ago uh, after about 20 years. And I'm raising my kids on my own and just burnout. You know, you give and give and give and give without putting back. And you reach a point where you just burn out. You know, you get depressed and, and, uh, and you just struggle. You don't take care of yourself because when you're depressed, you just don't care, right? You just sort of shunt all the, all the blood to the core organs, right? Like you just focus on the things that are absolutely necessary and everything else, you know, laundry stays in the baskets. <laughs> yeah. You know, dishes are on a counter, Mails on the table or something. I mean, there's just you just have to reprioritize your life. But you know, it's it's temporary and sort of transient for me. So you know, I I had to focus back on getting into the gym, which is hugely therapeutic for me. You know, I have a therapist. I need to find a new one, but I've been you know therapy, medication, lifestyle changes, healthy diet, staying hydrated, trying to get a solid eight hours of sleep, and putting back into myself so that I have something to give my kids. I'm very open about talking about the depression and stuff because I don't think it's something that we should shy away from discussing. It's just because you can't see something on the surface doesn't mean it's not there, you know? So I appreciate that honesty. And you know, obviously depends on the age of your kids, but Rob is spot on. You know, if you have any kind of sickness or any kind of, you know, challenges you're dealing with uh, that are affecting you and affecting how you parent, be honest about it. 
you know, be open about it. And it's always amazing to me when I talk to people about mental health and when people are feeling, you know, down and out, because the answers are always very similar. And they're what you said. I mean, it's like, you're depressed, we're feeling sad, or, you know, feeling depression in our head. And yet the first thing you said was work out, right? It's like that connection is so strong, you know, going to the gym, going to whatever it is. I don't know why it is, but it's so true, you know? It's dopamine and endorphins. Yep. And I was just diagnosed with ADHD two months ago at age 43. And that, that there's a lot of my life that makes more sense now that I, I recognize that and I went through that whole process. And I, and I think that's sort of going unmanaged for so long. I think that contributed to burnout and the depression. So as, as I recognize those, those issues, I can sort of cater to them or play to my strengths and be aware of, of what's going on so that I'm kinder to myself and I'm not so hard on myself for the things that ADHD brains do. You know, I mean, it just is what it is. I'm going to forget. It's okay. I'll just write it down. You know? So there's, there's a lot of stuff that was going on, I think, that just sort of contributed to just uh, one of those periods of time where you just, you know, don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And those are the hardest because worst thing for you not to do is get out of bed or to, yeah. is to stay in bed, you know, <laughs> like you, you need to get out of bed as you know, and you need to work out. And yeah, but if you are able to kind of get out of that sort of area and start recharging and get, you know, change your diet, like you said, get some sleep, drink water. It's amazing. Be outside a little bit, you know, those yeah. some sunlight, talk to somebody, ask for help, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. Help is help is a big one. It's a big challenge. What you just talked about burnout, and one area that I struggle with is how to start recharging before it's too late. <laughs> you know, before I'm at a zero or a negative, like energy wise. I'm curious. Have you found things that work for you? Yeah, I look at it as a bank account, right? So I have a physical and emotional bank account, and if I if I just give and give and give and give or spend and spend and spend and spend, then I will physically and emotionally bankrupt myself and serves no good for anyone, right? It's, it's a negative thing for everybody. And the struggle is that as, as dads especially, and, and moms are the same way, but just speaking as dads, you, know, you feel like you have to give your kids every ounce of everything you are every minute of every day because they're always a priority. And I, and I get the logic, but the reality is it's not sustainable because you will bankrupt yourself physically and emotionally and, and then you're no good to anyone, including yourself. And so my therapist told me that you have to be selfish before you can be selfless. You have to put back into yourself so that you can give your kids or your spouse or your marriage or your whatever the best version of you. And I just really try to continually put back, you know, so my thing is going to the gym four or five days a week, right? That's my thing. And if I don't go, like, just don't even talk to me that day. <laughs> it's my way of putting back. And if I do small things on a regular basis, then I never run out, you know? So it's self-care is is so vital. And if you get into the habit of doing just something every day or a couple of days a week, then you're replenishing more than what you're spending, you know? And, and then you never, hopefully don't run out. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's spot on. And when you start feeling, you know, that negativity and, you know, you start feeling the, the sickness or just not feeling good to start looking at your patterns and looking at your habits and wait, am I, am I still working out five days a week? Am I, you know, getting seven or eight hours of sleep? Am I drinking water? Am I going outside? You know, what are my, what are my influences? Yeah. That sort of thing. You got to break it down to the most simplest things sometimes and then triage and then prioritize and then build, you know, Sometimes it's the simple solutions that are the best. 
100%, 100%. And it's so frustrating, right? Because it feels so heavy. <laughs> I mean, it is heavy, you know, when you're in it. But at the same time, it's, do, I mean, it's not as simple as doing those things, but doing those things really help, you know? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not. I was a, a psych major in college and I understand the mechanics behind depression. I understand the biochemistry. I understand why it works and whatever. And I can understand in the moment why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling. And I understand that like, even though everything in my life and work is going really good, my business is going really good, podcast, all, all this stuff is going really, really good. I have a lot of positive things. I was still depressed. And that's frustrating because it's like, I know why I feel this way. I know that it's not, it's not reality, but I can't stop myself from feeling that way. You can't snap yourself out of it or will yourself out of it. You have to work your way out of it. And usually that requires doing things that you just really don't want to do because you're depressed. You know, working out, is the last thing I think people want to do because they have no energy, they have no drive, they just want to do nothing, they don't want to be around other people. You know, you just sort of isolate and you find ways to push yourself a little bit, you know, and I just, I use my, I use my kids, you know, I'm all they have. So I don't have a choice, you know, I have to keep going. And if taking care of me helps me to be better at taking care of them, then I just have to do that. But it's not easy. You're right. It's not. Yeah. But to me, it's also no question. I mean, you have to work out. You have to, you know, be somewhat fit, if only because you want to keep up with your kids, right? I mean, <laughs> um, just being that simple. I mean, it's not. I, I need these forty-five minutes just for myself. There's a lot of other benefits that come from that. And when you're talking about areas that help, you know, I, I found support structures, you know, and friendships, and kind of that mixture sometimes, and what that looks like. Can you talk about that a little? Do you have something like that in your life that's worked, that's, that hasn't worked, it's gone up and down? Or I, I think when you're an autism family or a family with a, with a child that has disabilities, you tend to be very isolated. You know, a lot of times what happens is your circle of friends gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until they sometimes just disappear because it's tough to understand if you don't live it. And you have to find refuge in the online community a lot of times, you know, because there's groups of people who get together who are parents of autistic kids, in my case, where you can talk to people who understand, who don't judge you, who don't make you feel bad about how you're feeling. That's sort of how my my blog got started and kind of took off. It was sort of providing that outlet for people who needed it or didn't know that it existed. And uh, there's not always a lot of in-person connection, which is sad and it's, it makes it hard. But we just have to connect where we can, I guess, you know, and as my kids get older, they're doing really well. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of those restrictions on me anymore. It's just a matter of, I'm so used to life being a certain way for 20 years that I, you get stuck in the way of doing something and I have to kind of put myself out there more than what I have done, you know. Sounds like, I mean, you have challenges beyond what I, what I have not having an autism family, as you said, and you know, we all have challenges though. Um, and I think you're right. What you said, you said two really great things there. I mean, one is the last thing, which is, you know, you, you can do more. And that's not a statement for you, but I talked to so many dads who are feeling a little bit kind of, are feeling that, are feeling like, hey, I don't have my support structure or friends. And then often I say, well, reach out to people. And I mean, the thing is, you don't need about a thousand, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to call, you don't need to text, you know, seven people and have seven people say, yes, let's hang out. Like, you just need one, right? So, or two or whatever. And so I think you're right, you know, not blaming yourself at all, but this is every, almost every dad I talk to is on situation is, is also saying, Hey, yeah, if I, maybe I should reach out more because you know, it, it takes one party to reach out. Dads in general tend to be more reserved and less open about what they're going through, or what they're experiencing. 
and less likely to reach out for help or to talk. And, you know, I think it's important too that people in their lives reach out to them. It's easier for me if somebody asks me something directly than me have to come to you and be like, hey, I'm feeling depressed or hey, I'm really struggling right now. You know, so I think it's sort of a kind of a hack for, for working with dads because it's just the way we're wired. Yeah, I think that's right on. That was the second thing that, that you said that really made a lot of sense to me. You know, we all have, we're all unique in our own ways. Our families are all unique. So the people you're going to connect with are unique. I mean, you need to find, mm-hmm. we need to find our own tribe, right? And what that tribe looks like. And that's hopefully families we can hang out with or family we can hang out with, or it's a dad that, you know, we have similar challenges so we can relate more, you know, and that was a big, uh, it sounds really simple, but it was a big uh, epiphany to me. Like I had met a bunch of dads who I was just kind of like, I was just not connecting with and they're cool guys. They're nice, (laughs) but I just wasn't connecting and I, I was sad about that. But over time, you know, I found me and my family found our tribe and we're in a much better place, you know? So it's complicated. Uh, it's certainly complicated, but, but when you find those commonalities, it can, it can help. And it's the little things that help, you know? So I totally agree with you. So another thing I want to dive into a little bit is, since we're just diving in here, <laughs> I feel like... Uh, Go right ahead. ...is emotions, controlling our emotions. Sure. And, you know, one thing we've been... A couple dads write in very recently, but it's something I always challenge it about is um, anger. You know how it's... It's okay to feel anger, but it's not okay to act in anger. Certainly, that's what we want to teach our kids. Certainly, that's how we want to act. And and then knowing that our kids do what we do, not what we say. So if we react in anger, they're going to learn to react in anger. You know, we'd love to hear any tips or any thoughts you have on emotions, controlling your emotions, and, and that sort of thing. I look at it as a pretty kind of simple thing. And I'm human, right? I just, I just put out this thing a couple weeks ago about they tend to refer to people like me or the moms as like autism dad warriors or something. But the reality is I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just a human being. I have very real limitations and I need to allow myself to experience those limitations, right? So there are times that I can get angry with my kids. I've been resentful in the past. I've been frustrated. They drive me nuts. And just because they're autistic doesn't exclude them from, from doing that. Right? I mean, kids are supposed to drive their parents crazy. It's just the way it is. I drove my parents crazy. I'm sure they drove you know, their parents crazy. And it's just sort of a rite of passage. I think it's okay to feel what you feel. It's how you deal with those feelings that matters. You know, So I don't get angry very often. I can get frustrated and I see those as different things. But it just, I don't fight how I feel. I just sort of live with it. And I look at it as a, a separate thing. And I just, I just sort of allow myself to be in that place in that moment and then I walk away from it. You know, I, I don't carry it with me. I, I don't carry resentment or anger. There's no, there's no point. And I know it's not easy for everybody to do, but, you know, one thing that is my kids have taught me over the years, and a lot of parents, you know, if you have challenging kids, patience. Kids will teach patience. And I just, I just don't, I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. And, and I, you know, if I'm angry, I'll be angry. I'm not going to punch the wall. I'm not going to scream at my kids. I mean, like, I just, okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? And you just sort of talk yourself through it. Maybe you got to kind of walk away for a little bit and just kind of chill out and cool off or go for a walk or walk the dog or go to the gym, like whatever you got to do, deal with it in a socially appropriate way. And you can set a positive example for your kids. I mean, I, I think it's a positive thing that my kids see me angry because then they see how I can, how I deal with that anger, right? In a, in a productive way, they can see me sad because they need to know how to deal with being sad. Like you can be sad and that's okay. And I just think that we need to 
embrace our humanity and remember that we're not perfect and we're going to feel whatever we feel. And it's more about what we do with those feelings and how we handle them than having them in the first place. Totally. I, I like that a lot. And uh, I'm jealous that you don't. Uh, it sounds like you've got things under control with your... Well, it's not. It's not. The thing is, is like I was a medic and a firefighter for a long time. So like I thrive in like a crisis environment. You know, zombie apocalypse would be like ugh, amazing. I mean, ridiculous. But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's, that's your... <laughs> it's harder for me to cope with things when they're going well, because I know how to handle a crisis. I know how to handle an emergency. I know how to handle all that stuff. And I just don't let stuff get to me the way that it does. And, and I've been living a public life for 10 or 15 years now. And I have had the worst trolls. I've had people say the most horrible things used to get under my skin. And I just get to the point where it's like, I, I just don't, I don't care. So I've just sort of got to a point where I don't, I just allow myself to feel whatever I feel and then it passes. I, I don't have to hang on to it. I don't have to fight it. I don't have to, you know, it just sort of kind of is. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful place to be. I'm just honestly, you know, that's a great place to be. And it's not, I, I don't mean it to make it sound easy. I just don't, I don't feel like I have a step-by-step process that gets me from one place to the other. It just sort of, I, I'm angry. Okay, I'm angry and I'll go chop wood or cut the grass or, you know, something to burn off that energy and then I'm fine, you know, just channel it as something constructive. Hmm, that is great. So the last sort of topic I want to talk about is communication. Sure. Communicating with your kids and, you know, I know your kids are older, they're teenage mm-hmm. and um, et cetera. And, you know, my goal when my kids are teenagers is to have them be open with me and me to be open with them to keep these lines of communication open. So I'd be curious. Mm-hmm what you found in terms of what that journey has been like. And now that you're in the teenage years, what the journey looks like. Yeah. Uh, Autism tends to bring a lot of communication issues, right? So that can sometimes be problematic. In my case, all my kids are verbal, very verbal, and they are very articulate. And so they can express themselves in a way that's effective, I think, most of the time. I always want them to feel like they can come to me, you know, and, and they can talk. And, you know, one of the original challenges and anybody who has autistic kids or challenging kids, you know, there's a different way of communicating with each one of them. And it's not a one size fits all thing. So it's not, you know, in my house, fair isn't everybody gets the same thing. It's everybody gets what they need in order to, you know, meet their potential. And so it's different for each one of my kids. And I think patience and empathy and letting your kids, you know, talking about how you're feeling and and letting them learn from you, you know, modeling that behavior. Going through my divorce was really hard because I was, I was devastated, but I had to be very, very careful because my kids live with me full time. Like I have full custody of my kids and they will experience my feelings. I had to be careful how I presented myself because it can impact them. Right. But I was sad. So we talked about why I'm sad and that allowed them to more openly talk about why they were sad. You know, and so you just sort of model the behavior that you want your kids to kind of grow into or, or take on. And if you model silence, right, and, and you model, we don't talk about this stuff or, you know, you shouldn't be sad or you shouldn't, whatever, they're not going to talk to you because they they feel like they can't. And, and so I, I just try to be human. I mean, that's my thing. I just try to be human and let my kids know that there's nothing they can come to me and talk to me about. I mean, I may not like every conversation, especially teenage years, right? <laughs> so had a lot of very uncomfortable conversations, but they brought it to me, mm-hmm. you know, and and I feel like I've, you know, I've done something right. If they feel like they can come to me with sensitive issues or issues that like I'm uncomfortable talking about, 
but they're comfortable talking about it. That's a good thing, you know? And so I guess model that behavior. Let your kids see you be a good communicator. Yeah. You know, and then they can follow suit. That was great. That was perfect. Like you said, I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head I, as far as I can tell. I mean, just be patient, be empathetic. Those are your words. And then when they come to you, they'll know you're not yeah. going to bite their head off, right? I mean, that's the whole point that you're there for them, to support them, to help them. And they need to know that. Don't shame them or, you know what I mean? Like just how you would want if you were a kid, right? I mean, you want to you want to feel safe and you want to be able to talk about things that are important to you. And, you know, they don't always have the best timing, but my 16-year-old, his time is like two o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. He'll wake me up at two o'clock in the morning and just want to talk to me for two hours. Wow. <laughs> you know, but he's talking to me and, you know, we got to schedule things a little better, but the end goal is that he's talking to me. And so that's, that's a, that's a positive thing. Oh, oh yeah. Meet them where they are. Well, fantastic. Rob, this was a really, really deep conversation for me. I really enjoyed this. I think our listeners will as well. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. And again, you can check out Rob at theautismdad.com. He's got a ton of great content there, his own podcast, etc. Rob, thank you again. Thank you. Take care. You too. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't joined us yet, go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. And do you know a friend who might like this podcast? Send it on. We want to help as many dads as possible make fatherhood count. Dad on. <laughs>